And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. On today's episode of The Glue Guys, we're going to update you on the latest about the James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets trade discussions. We will look at, did the Nets overpay Joe Harris? Mm. Should Nets fans be freaking out right now that the Nets have done barely anything in free agency? Yes. (laughs) And we'll go news around the league looking at all the top moves from around your National Basketball Association. Wow, wow, wow. So, fun. so cool. Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuys, NetsDaily.com, The Athletic. Get behind that paywall. There's going to be a Black Friday deal. I don't know if I can tell people what it is. You serious? There's going to be a Black Friday deal. Oh, my gosh. Coming out to The Athletic. So just wait. Everyone wait. But then when you want to get behind that paywall, go to TheAthletic.com slash GlueGuys. I want everyone staying up until... 12.01 a.m. <laughs> Eastern Standard yeah. Time on, on that Friday. And and the thing about the deal is you have to go to a circuit city. You have to find a circuit city to get the deal. Uh, so that's the only way. That's a joke. Yeah. I did. Good one. Have you ever done the Black Friday in person I, thing? I, I, I just show up for the mosh pit. I don't actually buy anything. <laughs> I just go to the pit. You just wear like knee pads and elbow pads and just <laughs> yeah, smash yeah. people in the head. Yeah, <laughs> the, exactly. What a fun yeah. uh experiment that would be. Yeah. Exactly. Uh but yeah, combine the paywall, theathletic.com slash glue guys and iTunes five stars. We knew we want to have Brian, the Nets are back. Wow. Um Mike, we blew we blew it. We blew it this off season. Again. <laughs> the Nets are terrible. We didn't do anything. Oh just kidding, guys. These are the memes. These are the memes. Mike's ready to go off. He's ready to tee off on Nets Twitter. Okay, listen, folks. So I don't know. I know everyone who listens to us don't necessarily uh, traffic within Nets Twitter, but there's obviously a portion of our fan base that intersects with Nets Twitter in a very uh, prominent way. There had been a development if you were not on Twitter. Nets fans were worried, Brian. They were stressed as names are flying off the board. Montrez Harrell going to the Lakers. You know, all the all the Bucks reloading their bench after losing Bogdan Bogdanovich. In a in the kind of shady tampering deal that was going to be happening, and the Nets sat quietly, and all they did was re-sign Joe Harris, and people are freaking out on Twitter. No, no, no. Oh. We got some Jeff Green. Come on, we can't <laughs> we forget about Jeff. Jeff Green. We had who, to get excited about been, Jeff. Green. Who has been talked about often on this show? Did you know that I was I I had the inside tracked on that, and that's why I was layering him covertly. What? The, yeah. That's no, I'm just what kidding. inside track? Co- it's co- no. to- it was a complete coincidence. Come on. <laughs> Sometimes you do have some mysterious right. things. Who knows? In your bag. Who knows what's going on? Um, yeah, we'll talk about Jeff Green, how exciting that is. But what I think there's something that's happening that that we all need to grapple with uh on a, a psychological level. Okay. Okay. So let's just one, let's be fortunate, right? Let's it's Thanksgiving. Oh it's time to give thanks. Okay. Um the Nets are going to add Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, because Kyrie barely played last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce Brown, who started like 45 games for your Detroit Pistons. Not a good team, but he started. And Landry Shamit, who started about 25 games for your Los Angeles Clippers, who were, despite the playoffs, a very good regular season team. They're adding that bundle of talent to a team that, you know, went to the playoffs. Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, Jared Allen, DeAndre Jordan, Torian Prince, whatever. Mm-hmm. But this, you know, we're adding, this team is adding a ton of talent. And the, what the Nets don't need to do is then to just make a bunch of random signings for guys who aren't going to fit 
the culture that's oh. needed here. Oh, we're, now we're going back to the culture. Is that right? Now, <laughs> now, now we're going. Now no, I think people are just aren't they just antsy for James Harden? They were they were promised James Harden, and now they feel um, they feel betrayed by the news media that they that he wasn't delivered to us on a silver platter. It is concerning that we basically so to update on the James Harden situation. Woj was on Sports Center a day or two ago, and this is what he had to say. He says, Joe Harris was the offseason priority for Sean Marks in Brooklyn, which makes a lot of sense. That's what Marks himself had been saying consistently. So he gets that deal. This is Woj speaking. They bring in Landry Shamit. We'll see. I love when they say that. Uh, there are still more deals to be made in Brooklyn. Their focus now is having those complimentary guys around KD and Kyrie, and Harris was at the top of the list to keep him. And that's the end of that quote, speaking about the James Harden deal. Essentially, the Nets have, for now, moved on and aren't focused on it. Do you actually think that's true, though? Do you believe that the deal that was maybe on the front burner mm. has moved to the back burner? Yeah. And is simply simmering as opposed to boiling? I mean, whenever I I think about it, I spent I sit down at my window and I and I put my hands on the on the sill like this and I get to thinking um, the things that I think about are that, you know, time is just on our side. Like there's really, you know, when you have the, this classic archetypal situation of a disgruntled superstar, the team in which he flags as a place he wants to go is, is truly calling the shots. And so like we did the first, you know, artillery fire back and forth. Everyone <laughs> did their, fired their shots. Uh, and now it's time for Houston to sort of stew in the smoke of the artillery fire, because if by midseason, you know, it's, it's like it cuts both ways. It's good for us. Right. So if by midseason we're already on pace to win what would have been 70 games or whatever at a normal season, uh, then fine. We really just totally don't care. We're feeling very confident about the fit of all of the pieces in our team. And, and it's just not a priority on any level. If we're not as good as that and we're looking to upgrade. Um, well, so if we're in that situation, then we, we have no, like we have all the leverage in the world, right? Because he wants to come here. We have the, like ostensibly one of the better packages, I guess, for the places where he would flag to go in the first place. Although I'm not sure how much that matters at that point for them. If they've, if they're going through a whole half season, see, this is me at the window. So now I'm really just thinking, thinking out loud. Well, and if you kind of think about in this scenario, the nets are good scenario and the season has begun. Maybe the Rockets are bad. Like maybe the Rockets, it's like Westbrook has been stewing. Right. Well, both of them. continue with our liquid broth analogies. <laughs> okay. he, is, yeah. he is stewing. Uh, James Harding is frothing oh, at, the, at the mouth to get out. And okay. the rest of the Rockets are bouillabasing themselves <laughs> nice. and it's it's just become a toxic stew yeah. of grumpiness and Ariza's just putting up 30 a game because those guys are you well, know. I don't, Ariza's not even on the Rockets now Ariza's oh, has been Ariza has been on four teams oh, yeah. in the past like week I don't know where he <laughs> Wait, is who, now in America who did they get who did they get for that I forget now um so they 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 traded away Robert Covington they got right they got picks and Ariza and then Ariza got moved to I think he's with the Thunder technically. Uh -huh. Like the Thunder have the entirety of Dude, the Dude, watching the Thunder just like all like just on the news feed constantly. They've they've <laughs> been active. Um okay, yeah, By so no way, reason. If you're if, if you are a Nets fan and you're worried about the lack of sort of veteran free agents that they're bringing in, just I don't know what the Thunder's roster looks like right now, but they're going to be buying out, you know, if Ariza's on the team, I don't know, but he's probably a buyout candidate. George Hill's on the team. I don't think they're going to buy him out because he's going to have value. But like George Hill's an interesting. There's going to be a lot of teams that are going to want George Hill if he's bought out or available on the market. Can but I, can I say something? You, like so, anyways, all of that. Like I, I think in general we're in the best position possible, especially if we're doing well. If we're like you know above average but not great, like obviously there's diminishing returns there. But I will say that in general, to your point earlier point about the impatience of the Nets fan base, that started taking root way before all of this happened with the Serge Ibaka like like idling thoughts of like, yeah, we'll just get Serge Ibaka. That was always, I thought, I felt like, oh, this is the beginning of the, which is, I like, you know, an entitled fan base is evident of a healthy fan base and that's, that's good. But, <laughs> but like the idea that Serge Ibaka was going to take as big of a pay cut as we were asking him to take to, to play a year or two with us in the, in the heart of his prime is evidence of, of magical thinking that only can come from a self 
a self-worth that's been evaluated pretty heavily in recent days. Right. And I think so to trace the Serge Ibaka thing, right? I mean, we had been Rip Hamilton, of all people, was saying that Serge Ibaka may be going to the Brooklyn Nets. Though if you actually watch so where Rip Hamilton said that was CBS Sports HQ, which is a streaming CBS Sports channel. And when he said it, if you actually watch the clip. <laughs> is that a dig to CBS Sports HQ? Is that a no, subtle I, I just, dig? It's just, it's tough. Like, obviously, we work for the athletic, or I work for the athletic, and you're, I guess, a freelance contractor. It's Aaron Allout, jeez. Yeah. yeah. But but it's like, there's so, like, how deep do we want to go into the webs of trying to figure deep. out where people are? Incredibly deep. Pretty deep, right? But when Rip Hamilton, news breaking Rip Hamilton said that, he, I think he was kind of saying it more. It was like, maybe the kind of the prevailing thinking, but not as if he had inside information that Serge Ibaka was going to go to the Brooklyn Nets. But so mm-hmm. there's many people that have though had have said that Serge was thinking about going to the Brooklyn Nets. Just for a second, I think the Raptors offered like one year twelve million dollars or one year thirteen million or something. The the Clippers, the deal that he ultimately signed was basically two years, ten million per year. And the Nets could only sign Serge Ibaka for half that amount. So like on the scale of cost, Serge is deciding between $12 million to stay where he is, $10 million to go to LA and play with Kawhi, someone he's won a championship with, or $5 million and play in Brooklyn. And to be honest, it's not like a great situation because there's still Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan. And, you know, there's just like, there's a little clutter there it makes sense that he wasn't going to come to Brooklyn. Like we all have to be honest a little bit with ourselves. Now I was hoping that there was a Mikhail Prokhorov, Andre Karolinko type deal on the table. There may be Joe size throwing in some Alibaba stock, mm-hmm. some secret Alibaba stock to uh, our boy, yeah, Serge Ibaka that could have made the difference. Cause if we all remember back that Karolinko deal, when he signed mm. with the nets, when they, when they made the Pierce KG trade, it was maybe one of the sketchier. It seems someone sketchy. got in trouble for for calling it like a Russian deal, like a Russian yeah. back alley deal. Like somebody got like, yeah, it was a pariah. Got taken out to a Russian back alley <laughs> right, for right. for describing. Right, be the careful. Deal as such. It could be you next. Okay, be careful. Um, by the way, Brian, let's not forget to talk about Nicholas Batum because w- one, Brian, you are w- manifesting this, Mike, and I love it. Well, you quickly identified to to trace back our origins. We had a conversation about Nick Batum like four months ago. That's true. And you said we were using Nick Batum quotes because at that time he was making $29 million from your Charlotte Hornets. And he, the way you you saw him thinking, you were like, oh, Batum is out of there. Like as in like he's going to pick up his option, but he's going to be gone. And he is gone. Here are the teams that apparently uh, Nick Batum is being linked to already. The Nets, mm-hmm. your Brooklyn Nets. Okay. Warriors, Bucks, and Raptors, and I think maybe the two LA teams themselves. So, like, everyone wants themselves some Nick Batum. Yeah. I want myself some Nick Batum. I mean, the fall off was too extreme. It's too extreme and it's on too bad of a team. You know, it's for me, it's definitely worth an Andre Bloch style cup of coffee out here, you know, <laughs> just to see, just to see what's left of the tank. Yeah. Some Nets fans on Twitter are like, let's bring back Bloch because. <laughs> yeah. There's this weird idea because so people really want the Nets to get a power forward, which of course, yes, I Serge Ibaka would have been amazing. Do we realize that there if if in fact Jared Allen remains on this team and of course DeAndre Jordan is further entrenched, as I compared him to the AB Coney Barrett mm. of the Brooklyn Nets, meaning no one wants him, but he's never gonna leave. Right. Those are all the center minutes, and Kevin Durant is gonna play. A decent amount of minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I don't know if our power forward position is as fully desired as, as it in your mind be. right now is the starting lineup Kevin Durant or sorry uh, Kyrie mm-hmm. Karis Joe Harris Kevin Durant DeAndre Jordan is that how that flows for you I think you got to put Nick Claxton at point guard uh, oh, Nick. People, no. people no, are super. Yeah. I mean, this is a this is a meme, but anyways, yeah. So wait, is that? People, is that I know people are counting on Nick Claxton to be I like know. for real minutes. It's it's crazy. He's gonna get traded. Everyone, by the way. like, if they do a Harden deal, if you're the Rockets, you're gonna ask ask for Nick Claxton because you're just be like, why? Just give me all the good ish young prospects that you have. By the way, R.I.P. Jalen Hands. Jalen Hands is now mm. a Detroit Piston. 
uh, Joe Sy's favorite basketball player. Uh, <laughs> I will yeah. never, I will never let was, go of the fact that Joe Sy made that pick. It was in a my complete mind. conspiracy con job, and you were <laughs> the only person that was hip to it. Man. Who's that? Who's the attorney for Trump's uh, attorney team? <laughs> yeah, was, Powell, yeah, yeah. who everyone is discrediting. Even Rudy Giuliani is distancing himself from. I think Sidney Powell. That's you. That's you. That's me on Joe the Jalen hands. <laughs> Venezuela, yeah. Joe Sy, and Maduro. Just I'm throwing names in there. Right. Made the Jalen Hands pick. Um, so wait, Nick Claxton. We were talking. What were we talking about? Beyond oh, the starting lineup. So I, that is an interesting question, and we got to kind of dive into those details. We're, like, we're not who- there yet, but that's how I, you know, for it's basically because like of all the starting power forward talk. Like in my mind, I'm I'm slotting Kevin Durant at the four. Is that crazy? Am I wrong? So yeah, Kevin Durant's the power forward. I think the only way that that someone else is starting at power forward is is if it's like sort of the let's not have Kevin immediately guard other teams' fours. But like, who's the fours in the NBA that you're really concerned about Durant guarding? Well, right. Point? And so for me, it comes down to the Karis Levert, Joe Harris conversation. It's like, do you want to actually insert a four of, of which we don't actually have right now? So like, none of this is stacking up for me. But like, let's say in a theoretical world hypothetical world where we have a four coming a surge of coming in are you taking Karis Levert or Joe Harris out of the starting lineup right so I think so you take Karis Levert out of the starting lineup which is crazy right you Don't. need to start Joe Harris be, I, I agree mean, and I agree but that's like I mean again now we're slotting in our like you know our what is it third and fourth I mean like our third best player is, is coming off the bench maybe right. our fourth it, best player as well in, in Dinwiddie and that's why I think it kind of dispels like the desire, as you're saying, the desire for a point, point, uh, not a point guard, a power forward, because the d- the demand for a power forward, ultimately, that person's going to play 15 minutes a game at the most. And it's going to be one of the situations where a lot of teams, frankly, not smart teams do this, where they start almost like it's like the Kendrick Perkins spot where they start a center, a Perkins center. Just because that's like what you should traditionally do. And the minute you move Perk to the bench, the better lineup comes into play. It's almost like even like the Warriors, who were a very smart team, continually started centers to start games. And then they would go to their lineup of death at the end of the games. Any power forward the Nets bring in at this point, unless it's for Aaron Gordon or John Collins, isn't going to be good enough to put Laverne on the bench. Your best lineup right now, your crunch time lineup, though. This is what's interesting. Not starting, but the crunch time should be Kyrie, Harris, KD, Joe Harris, and then like probably Landry Shamit or maybe Spencer Dinwiddie or like DeAndre Jordan isn't closing games for you. I don't think at all. Maybe Jared Allen, but uh, that's we'll see. I mean, but also we're going to be a competitive team, which means that you're not going to really have. I mean, an eight player lineup is about what like if we're going to be really, truly like winning games, we've got to like really shorten the rotation. We've we've been used to like a. 13 man rotation for the last five years because we've been, you know, bad. And, and that's what you do because <laughs> you want to try new guys all the time. Uh, and we're not going to do that. So, like, we have to get used to the idea that we have a, a way smaller rotation, too. And and that's sort of my everyone needs to calm down, my Taylor Swift, y'all need to calm down type deal. Uh, one of her songs is something about that. Um, okay, look, just look at the Nets roster at the moment. And I still think that's why when you look at the roster, you can foretell that a trade is on the horizon. There's just too many contributors on various roster. But let's just say the starters are Kyrie, Joe Harris, Karis LeVert, uh, Kevin Durant, and DeAndre Jordan. Those are the starters. Here are the bench then. Dinwiddie, Torian Prince, Shamit, Bruce Brown, Jared Allen. And then you could even go TLC, Nick Claxton, Rodion's Karuks. Reggie Perry, that second round pick, who will probably be like a two way guy or whatever. Jeff Green is on your bench. That bench is better than like three teams right now in the NBA. And one of the problems when you build a sort of super contender is you actually don't want to just load up your bench with guys who want to play 25 minutes a game or who are worthy of it. You actually want to build a bench where guys fit into the role. So Jeff Green is not. No longer a sexy pick, right? People Magazine just came out with their sexiest men alive. Um, Jeff Green was not on that list. <laughs> who was the who was number one? Michael B. Jordan, classically 
you know, know classically that feels, that feels fair. Yeah, deserves no issues. Um, but Jeff Green not on the list because he's no longer one of the sexiest men alive. It, he is. If um, town and country had a most stable <laughs> men alive, uh, J- Jeff Green would be that. Be, not that he's a consistent performer, but like just stable. You know, he was, on, huh? He's just stable. He's like an even keel. You know what you're gonna get mm-hmm. roughly from J- Jeff Green. Like he's gonna come in. He's got some athleticism. He could kind of play the five for you in times at, at small lineups. He can certainly play power forward position. He's almost never gonna demand the ball seemingly because he doesn't really feel like a guy who wants the ball a lot on the offensive Great. end of the floor. But that the Jeff Greens of the world, Brian, mm. are really who you want on the bench. Mm-hmm. And right now, the Nets bench is actually too loaded. Like, you have Dinwiddie. We all love Spencer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is in a position where he probably wants to play a bunch of minutes and score a bunch of points. Even though he yeah. says he's going to be Draymond Green. He likely wants, you know, sort of a little bit more runway because he has a big contract coming up. And, he hopes. And this is why you and I are are on the same page with the Nick Batum with the premonition and the execution <laughs> on the Nick Batum fantasy. Because Nick Batum just has no desire. You know, I com- I completely forgot that I had said that I had charted this so accurately. Wow. And now you've reminded me. That's not um, that's not like me, Mike. Just to put a bow on this wait can we oh can we do one email before we put it because it's, it's relevant a little bit oh yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's relevant to this conversation this is from absolutely cheerboy christian cleary mm, beautiful um he has a nice name christian cleary um he says hey glue guys i was sure that james harden would be a brooklyn net before the start of the upcoming season although i'm still holding out hope it's looking less likely this will happen for a variety of reasons if this deal doesn't get done for six months a year even longer I'm worried about the chemistry of the Nets moving forward. I think back to LeBron James's first year on the Lakers, where it was obvious the organization was working out an eventual deal for Anthony Davis. The young L.A. core at the time, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, seemed despondent, even rebellious, that they would eventually be in a trade package. Could this same sentiment be shared by Dinwiddie, Levert, Allen, and Prince? Quick, quick side question. I've been hearing the Nets may need a third team to make a deal for Harden. Any thoughts on who this team may be and its players? Thanks, Christian. Thank you, Christian. Really nice email. Really good pagination. Easy on the eyes. Appreciate that. Netspot.gmail.com, everybody. Hit us up. Um, Mike, are you worried that we're going to go all Lonzo Ball on this biatch and have some toxicity in our city? Well, let me ask you a question. Where do you think the toxicity would come from? I have an answer, Brian, on this roster. Is it it Spencer Dinwiddie? Is that what you were going to say? It's Kyrie Irving. Oh, Oh yeah, I defend. Yeah, duh. I'll, Why would I? I'll defend Kyrie uh, for a lot of things, and we'll get to this in news around the league about the slanderous statements coming out of Boston about Kyrie Irving. I think uh, the hen should look more at his own hen house before he. You're going to go looks back at in on, the on bad this, eggs. Yeah. By the way, yeah, that's been but, making the but, rounds, it, so we can get. Yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know people yeah. steal another <laughs> another <laughs> stolen take. Yeah. New Great. segment, another stolen take. Um, anyways. Let's just go back to what Kyrie Irving said in January of this very year, even though January of this very year feels like a while ago. Um, Kyrie Irving said this. Collectively, I feel like we have great pieces, but it's pretty glaring. We need one more piece or two more pieces that will complement myself, KD, DeAndre, Garrett Temple, RIP Garrett Temple, uh, Spence, Karras, and we'll see how that evolves. Now, that quote elicited a pretty strong response across the entirety of the NBA community because he left some people out like Jared Allen, but it also was an indication that the Nets are our third star hunting and that Kyrie Irving himself advocates for that position. So that same person, if a James Harden deal isn't made, if a Bradley Beal deal isn't made or whoever you want to kind of put into that player X position, Kyrie Irving will go in looking at the roster and saying, um, Hey, I said this in January, and yet we have the same players here. Interesting. Have- You're going the other way than most people. Most people have it going the other way. That they that I think people assume, and I, to your point, I think incorrectly, that Kyrie would be jealous of a third star or something or feel diminished by the presence of a even greater star like James Harden. So I I like it. This is great. By Come the way, on. Brian's got- It's every day it's with just- this. With the, some guy double parks, and then a, 
instantly a FedEx truck will come by, like turn out the corner. That's, that's it's all like clockwork, like a Swiss train. Um, I, you know, I, I do fully understand and also worry, you know, about James Harden's fit, right? Like we haven't seen, you know, I've heard it described like he needs to be Olympic Harden, which is true. Like we, we prayed for Olympic mellow for so many years. We never really got it. And there is a version of James Harden that exists where he can share the ball, though we haven't seen it in the NBA. You know, within the continental U.S., mm. we have not seen James Harden play that style of basketball. Hawaii. Only, uh, yeah. Uh, only in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Kyrie Irving literally said that this team needs one or two more pieces. And, you know, I guess you could argue Bruce Brown and Landry Shamit are the complementary pieces because that's what Kyrie was calling for. Uh, to this roster, and maybe he will be satiated by Mr. Shamit mm. and Mr. Brown. Though I'm guessing what Kyrie really feels is um, a little bit more of an elevated piece to come onto the team. And so I think if I'm Kyrie and KD, and I do see, you know, the Bucks adding Drew Holiday and, you know, the Lakers adding a few really nice bench pieces to a team that had a really bad bench. I maybe look around and say, like, well, what are we doing? We're we're just getting like pretty good guards who I like, Mike Smeltz likes, but I don't know if Kyrie Irving on his uh, field of vision, his third eye is looking at Bruce Brown and Landry Shaman and thinking, yes, those are the, the dogs I want in this battle royale of basketball we're about to experience in 2020, 2021. So I could see uh, some some toxicity fomenting a little bit in Brooklyn, though the Lakers comparison is a great one. LeBron's first year, though. I think LeBron is acutely um, gifted at once he decides that you're not going to help him win a championship. He ices you out like no one in like no great player in the history of NBA besides Michael Jordan. Can I say something though? I also think that like when like LeBron, you know, we give LeBron a lot of gruff, a lot of guff. He is gruff. Um, we give him a lot of guff, but you know, the reality is so what? So, okay. There was some toxicity, but he knew he wasn't going to win a championship with those guys. So yeah, they got, they got butthurt about it and it made them leaving a little bit easier for everybody because of the <laughs> butthurtedness. And then what they brought back did end up winning them a championship. So it's hard not to, you know, be like, well, that's, you had to break some eggs to make that omelet and everyone won in the end. So, you know, it was a uncomfortable transition. Sure. But you want a chip, you know, it's worth what it. What kind of omelet would uh, LeBron James be if you – LeBron uh, James and Anthony Davis, what kind of omelet What is would the, they be? like, signature food of Cleveland and or Akron? Is there – do they have, you know, like – they got, like, hot dogs out there? What are they – Like lake fish? <laughs> is that like, like, a, like a fish toxic fry? Toxic lake fish? They do a fish fry? Third eye fish from Springfield? Because, like, I was – you know, I, I – uh, I've been to Detroit where they have the Coney, which is a great, a great like staple of a city, right? Like that's a good, like a hot dog. So it's a, it's a chili dog with mustard and onions, which is, I think great the, op- job. the optimal, great job by you, Detroit, <laughs> the optimal way of eating the, <laughs> the I have dog. family from Detroit, so I shouldn't like just do sh- sh- like shit on Detroit, but it's just their Coney yeah. dog. It's not, I mean, what are they going to come, yeah. come for you? Yeah. Um, but yeah, does what Clevelanders, what are you, what are you eating out there? You got a signature dish, you got a Buffalo wing, a Philly cheesesteak. What's up? Did they steal the Buffalo wing from Buffalo? Another. I'll tell uh, you what. Here's some shade. I've been city. to Buffalo. Buffalo wings in Buffalo suck. Hey, I'm just going <laughs> to shots fired that right away. They're all overcooked and they just use the same Frank's Red Hot. I know. Yeah. I've been to the Anchor Bar, the, the home of the Buffalo wing, the creator, mm-hmm. the birthplace. And, you know, fine mm. wing. Yeah. <laughs> Hooters, <laughs> yeah. I guess, has better wings. Um, I don't know. Remember remember when Hooters, like, that was the thing that when you would be like, Hooters has good wings. It's like I read Playboy for the articles or whatever. I it's, have, I, I mean, not to say that I haven't have been, to been to Hooters. I've been to Hooters, but I've never heard that, like, you gotta, like, the wings are actually good, like, low-key good. Dude, I remember going, my, my friend Daniel Wolf, his, like, 17th birthday party. Shout out to Daniel. Happy birthday, Daniel. Was at a Hooters. The big one, seven. That was like, so this was the point of our lives. We were in high school. We all had cars or, you know, or our, like our friends had cars or whoever the situation you was. all had hot rods. I get it. I see it. <laughs> Gassing <laughs> up. Yeah. This was, this was post Fast and Furious. Yeah. So we all had, you know, we're super, super low to the ground cars. Yeah. 
Um, but so I get in my 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 Dodge minivan, my purple Dodge minivan, and bus up to a Hooters because this is because we have free reign. We have the ability now to decide where we want our birthday parties to be. Not a great look, a bunch of seven, like just awkward seventeen year old. Sure. Like it was. Ugh. I'm, I'm cringing. You know, it's funny because I've seen you order food at a restaurant and it is it is a journey <laughs> on its own. I can only imagine the complications that Hooters uh, brings to the table for for that particular Piccadillo of yours. It's awkward. Anyway, so <laughs> wow. let's do this. Wait, we <laughs> do. We do yeah. need to finish this piece off because we should do take a break and go news around the league oh, real okay. quick. Yeah, but yeah. so Joe Harris, Joe Harris re-signed hey. with the Brooklyn Nets. He got the bag. Four years, $75 million contract. Um, now, instantly, you know, John Hollinger, friend of the show, who's, very, of course, very smart on basketball, had kind of indicated that that was too much money for Joe Harris. He didn't outright say it was a bad contract, but he tied it into a larger theme of, like, if a team is capped out and has someone's bird rights, they typically have to overpay for that bird rights player because they're going to lose that person for nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's the situation the Nets were in. Though, you know, they really could have just let Joe walk and had Landry Shamit and Bruce Brown play sort of the Joe Harris minutes. Mm, I don't like it. I don't like that. I, I have no issues with four years, 75 million. The reason why is because that's exactly what Alan Crabb was offered and accepted when the Nets were dive bombing into restricted free agency. And I do remember, like, I'm not going to completely um, discount what Alan Crabb was. Like, I remember how good Alan Crabb allegedly was when the time when he got that deal. You know, he's one of the better three-point shooters in the NBA. And you could kind of see that he could be a good defender. Joe Harris is a better player than Alan Crabb was. And it's a totally different situation from then and now for the Nets. Joe Harris is a better defender overall, better ball handler, better getting to the rim and scoring and he's a better overall shooter consistently over his career than Alan Crabb was. Four years, 75, a lot of money. Here's some other like guys in the NBA about what they're making like four years, $75 million. So like, I'm not all that stressed out about it. It's like, well, Sabonis, you know, our favorite person in the world is making 18.5, which is basically the amount of money that Joe Harris is going to be making. I think it's exactly the amount of money that he's going to be making. But Clint, Clint Capella is making 18 a year, which is actually escalating for up to 19 and then up to 20 over these next few years. I'd rather have Joe Harris than Clint Capella. Aaron Gordon is making that amount of money. Frankly, for this team, I know they could get Aaron Gordon. Rather have Joe Harris. Terry Rozier, 100%. Joe Harris. Julius Randle's pretty good, but you know it's a different player. Tim Hardaway Jr. is making $19 million a year in his final final year of this contract. They're pretty comparable. And so that doesn't feel all that weird. And Tim Hardaway got that contract like two or three years ago. So a different time. Gary Harris, rather have Joe, I'd rather have Joe Harris than Gary Harris. So like if you just look at the comparables, you know, I, I Eric Bledsoe's making about $17 million a year, and it's going up every year after that 18 and then 19 and a half. You know, Eric Bledsoe probably is better on a team when who don't have any point guard help, but Joe Harris is going to be help, more helpful to a team that is really good. So I overall, fine contract, slight overpay maybe, but if you lose Joe Harris, you, you lose out on one of the best shooters in the NBA, and you immediately begin looking for a guy exactly like Joe Harris if you lose him. So he returned, and that is a success, and... Most importantly, it shows that Joe Sy, Brian's favorite owner, is willing to pay a lot of money yeah. for his team. We learned from our mistakes with Boyan Bogdanovich. Okay, Mike, that's what this signing tells me. All right. Ooh. We weren't. Re- I think we don't talk about this enough. By I, the way, but yes. We got roasted on that. We got roasted on it. I'm telling you, he like we we were holding him back. It was terrible. The guy, the guy was has his his he's almost 50, 40, 90 guy right now. And and it's so they obviously the to go back to that trade, the Nets traded three months of Boyan Bogdanovich for the Jared Allen pick, mm-hmm. which ended up becoming Jared Allen. Jared Allen's great. And we may see. I don't know if he's gonna survive on this team much longer. I hope he does. Do you know what Jared Allen's doing on Instagram, by the way? <laughs> please lately? please tell me. Please do tell. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So this is a grain of salt here. All right. He is posting, he has posted a, a video or two of a rocket launch. Okay. What's that? Now, some people have interpreted the rocket launch as him indicating that he will be traded to your Houston Rockets. Okay, <clears throat> I've seen him do this before. He is a nerd, like self-admitted like just nerd. a rocket launching. What is rocket launch? Like a SpaceX oh, I see. rocket yeah, launch. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because there literally was a SpaceX yeah, rocket yeah. launch right. five days ago, okay. and that's when he did it. He posted a video, him videoing the TV screen okay. of a rocket launch. Okay, some people are indi- thinking it means that he is trying to tell the world that he will soon be a Houston rocket, a Houston rocket, if you will. Mm-hmm. I just think he's a nerd. And he just and he also is kind of playing coy a little bit, a little coy, Jared Allen. <laughs> okay, I guess you know? I gotta watch this and come to my own conclusions. Yeah, he's a big Linus and Hobbes fan. Is that the cartoon? Calvin and Hobbes. Oh, Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> That's funny though. Linus? Linus and Hobbes. Linus is is the like is Charlie Brown. Yeah, Charlie right? Brown's like nerdy friend. Yeah, sorry, funny. it conflated. Yeah. Um. Um. But yeah, so I I really don't think Jared Allen's trying to trying to tip his hand to the world. And let him know that uh, he is going to the Houston Rockets. But, anyways, you uh, who look, knows? You're okay with the Joe Harris money? By the way, I, I am. I mean, I'm. Don't I, care. I, we got roasted on Boyan, like I said, and we need to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a meme. Um, oh, medium meme. That's like fifty percent of a meme. Uh, but yeah, no. In general, I think that Joe Harris is exactly the kind of system fit dude that you know. I guess it's a tiny bit of an overpay, but one that I'm not. It's not so egregious that I'm made uncomfortable by it. Um. Let's do, I mean, we, I think I, there's one more Nets thing I could get to, and I, I don't think we need to do news around the league because this is a show and yeah. it's a perfect show. It's tight and wonderful. Great. Let me, let me just splash some names out your way. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. So let's say the Nets do make a trade. Okay. And they lose four players for one. Okay. Like James Harden. Here's a couple of guys that are still out there in free agency, which intrigue me. And we've kind of talked about this a little bit before, but- I'm going to give you the list of the best of the best, and you tell me who you think fits the best kind of within that framework. Shoot. Matthew Delavadova. Matthew Delavadova. Hey, hello, Matthew. Matty <laughs> boy. Wait, what, where am I going with that? Travion Graham. Travion Graham. We okay, love him. You know how I feel. Irsan Ilyasova. Big fan. Taj Gibson. Rondé. Hollis. Jefferson. Michael. Kid. Gilchrist, Noah Vonley, Jared mm. Dudley, and Hassan Whiteside, center. Can't imagine the Nets are going to go center. Uh, yeah. Um, but there's some, there's some, still some, I mean, Reggie Jackson, someone who I previously loved in a former life, which I totally regret ever loving. Do, do any of those, Della Vadova, Trevion Graham, Ilyasova. What's Vonley uh, been? <clears throat> been up to lately what's his story again i don't know he was a guy who previously signing with the knicks or one he was on the knicks like two seasons ago and he was pretty good yeah um and i was kind of advocating for the nets to trade for him but last season he played in denver and minnesota basically like 36 games overall and did absolutely nothing for either team 
Um, um, yeah. But previous, but before that, he was a starter on the on a bad Knicks team. By the way, did you see the Nerlens Noel signing by the Knicks? Yeah, what do you think of that? I actually think the Knicks are doing the I kinda exactly like it. right thing. I would I would do that too if I was them. I saw it good. I, mean, I was like, Nerlens Noel was out there to be got. Damn. They got Austin Rivers on like three years for nine million total or something like that. Like Austin Rivers is fine. Like I don't, you know, he isn't. He wouldn't be good on the Nick or the on the Nets. But I'm kind of uh, shocked that the Knicks are doing the right thing when, obviously, I think reportedly they went off after Gordon Hayward. They probably could have gotten Fred Van Vliet because Fred Van Van Vliet, Fred Van Vliet did not sign for all that much money comparatively in Toronto, but they didn't throw the bag at him. Um, They're kind of just picking up dudes and they're going to be bad again. And they're going to be bad in a draft that's supposed to be awesome. Um, And they are in a position to take on more salary. Now, I think the thing they should do is just stop signing players and just have cap space because they could be, they could do what OKC is doing a little bit and just, pick up some more draft picks that's what they should do but we'll see yeah i mean if, if i gun to my head you make me pick one of those guys i'm going jared dudley on that um i love <laughs> i love the utility the, the version of a utility player that jared dudley is on on any team but especially any nets team um and also just love the personality i mean what's not to love um so yeah for that reason if you have to make me pick one that's who it's going to be um i also just think it's the best fit i mean i wish is he actually like out there to be gotten does he want to play it seems like he's going to – he like he seemed to indicate that he's going to be a Laker. Um, I mean, he didn't do literally anything this season. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. yeah. So he's had a lot of time off. So I don't know if this is the wisest thing to do. But I mean, I've stayed in my position with Jared Dudley. I, I enjoyed him very much while he was a Brooklyn net. He challenged Ben Simmons in a really fun way in the playoffs, which ended up kind of backfiring because Simmons then – was like super motivated and basically kicked the Nets tookuses. But uh, I I am concerned about a guy who is distinctly targeting a media career, joining a team that, because I'll trace this back a little bit, okay? I grew up a Washington football team fan. And uh, at one point, the, the Washington football team, then called the Redskins, obviously, signed a safety called Ryan Clark. That was his name. It wasn't called it. That was his name. And Ryan Clark was already basically auditioning for a job at ESPN, which he currently has, which is to be a football analyst, but he played for the Washington football team. And seemingly a bunch of stories would pop up on ESPN, sort of insider locker room type sources stories involving Ryan Clark, not involving Ryan Clark, but involving the team. And it's always been a theory within Washington football team fans that uh, Ryan Clark was kind of feeding the information to ESPN uh, to get those stories out to kind of audition basically for the job. Now, I don't 100% think that's true, <laughs> but if I'm a player like Kyrie and Katie, I'm a wee bit leery mm. of future ringer podcast host uh, Jared Dudley. They, being on you're talking bench. to two guys with pod, like Kevin Durant himself has a podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> right now that's up and running. Um, but so I do, it is interesting. We are sitting here and no James Harden trade has happened. We're, so the, the, but going back to what you're saying there, like the big difference yes. is uh, like, are we going for a guy with any version of upside versus no, no version of upside? And I, I, to your earlier point, I think no upside is a nice fit for that. Those last, <laughs> you know, a few positions on a championship team. I do. Another good name for our podcast could have been no upside. No upside. Um, yeah, you you don't want like so Gary Payton the second is on this list. Gary Payton the second was actually a pretty good, like a really good statistical defender when he was in Washington. Um, but he's that's a guy who's like trying to get a job in the NBA and stick in the NBA. And you don't really want those dudes to fill out the end of your bench. And that to link it all back, that's also why you don't want you kind of don't want Spencer Dinwiddie and Jared Allen uh on your team. Ultimately, if you can upgrade that spot, because while as nice as Jared Allen is, he's he is staring down the barrel of another contract like he not another contract, his big contract coming up. And if he's just a bench center, it diminishes his value. 
maybe he'll he's such a nice guy that it won't matter as much. And Spencer has has talked a good game, but ultimately he's a a very smart person and he knows that he needs to hit a certain statistical benchmark to get that money. And if I'm uh Spencer Dinwiddie got all my cash timed up in crypto, uh I want more money. Um so like you say no upside is good like Travion Graham love it. Ilyasova uh, Ilyasova actually would be like a pretty sneaky good pickup though I don't I still, know how good I still think been. you got to play Ilyasova, right? I mean how I mean he's been whatever for a long time. I mean he was just kind of banished from Milwaukee like meaning like let's see how well he did but Ilyasan yeah. Ilyasova. He got a few minutes. He played a few games. Yeah, he's not bad and he's he's kind of classically a guy who if he's on a goodish team, he's uh, he's been a valuable contributor over his career. He's got enough size where he makes sense as just like your backup power forward. He shot the ball from three at a pretty decent rate. I mean, he only took two attempts a game over 16 minutes of play for 37% overall from three, which is totally representative and fine. Um, he's just like a guy who would fit on any team. And I think he's kind of, he was beloved by Mike Budenholzer a little bit, but, or he was hated. I can't figure out which one, which, but anyways, um, there's still some tasty names out there and the nets are just waiting. One last question and I'll let you go, Brian. So wait, are you more confident, less confident or same level of confidence for James Harden trade to the Brooklyn Nets? So I've been doing the sneaky thing where like, you know, I just say everyone who claimed to know things, says they they claim to think that this is going to happen. So I've never claimed anything, right? <laughs> so it's all on them. Um, I have uh, – I've always weirdly sort of – I mean, if you really ask me, like I, I've always been sort of like a 45% believer in the – that this trade was going to happen in this offseason. Um, do I think it's going to ever happen? I'm more of like a 55% believer in that, but – um, I don't know. It just doesn't like the – with all the new management at Houston, it's such a like huge pivotal decision and um, you know there isn't a like super formal expiration date on it in the way that there is with any other superstar who's got you know one last year on their, on their contract or whatever. He's got a significant amount of time here. So um, it puts them in an, odd, in an odd position and when you're in an odd position like that, I think the, the thing that is most – the thing that you might want to do and that's the most tempting to do is just to like, eh, let me hold off on, on this thing for just a little bit. I, I really don't. I, I, I'm in over my head a bit here and I want to like let the dust settle a bit before making a move. Although we did see like Real GM put out a thing, a quote about, you know, <clears throat> Houston being ready to move on. You know, who knows? That could all change in an hour. It probably will. Now that I've said this, it probably will change in an hour. Yeah. I mean, so my one, the one fear, if you desire James Harden so much to be on the Brooklyn Nets, the one fear of letting the negotiations drag on is it increases the probability that a mystery team, the Miami Heat, maybe the Raptors, whoever you want to name, can include themselves in the conversation. Because frankly, of course, the Nets don't have the best trade package. Like I think Philly does if it's Ben Simmons. There could be other teams like if we talked about Miami before where it's like maybe it's Tyler Hero and a, like every pick they have under the sun and that pick they just made with pre- like Precious Achua, um, you know, the, you could debate what's the good trade package. But right now it behooves the Nets because it seems like there's a limited market because Harden's only indicating that he wants to go to Brooklyn or Philly, but really it seems to be Brooklyn. So the longer this drags on, I think it opens up more and more the possibility that a mystery third team comes in and the Rockets can then begin to kind of build more offers out there because James Harden's worth a lot. You Can know? I ask you something? Do you, Please. do you think that the Seth Curry, Danny Green moves suggests a, that they're just building around? I mean, for me, it seems like they're pretty clear that they're just building around non-shooter Ben Simmons versus elite shooter James Harden. That's, that's where my head is at with that, with those things. It's interesting because they, it really works with both, but I think it does. I think they are building. Maury is building in mind for Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Because it's that's a pretty fun, exciting team. If Danny Green's the 40% from three, Seth Curry's one of the greatest shooters of all time. Those two with Simmons and Embiid and like 
again, who, Tobias Harris, I guess is, he's still on the team. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Former Nets <laughs> love Darling. Tobias yeah. Harris. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I really hope like the mystery star player the Nets could be pursuing. I hope it's not Tobias Harris because <laughs> you could kind of actually construct a mm-hmm. trade where you're like, here, Daryl Morey, take like a real point guard in Dinwiddie. You get a wing in Karis LeVert. I mean, that's like already too much for Tobias Harris. Anyways, that, that's a sidetrack that mm-hmm. we really don't need to go down. Yeah, but but like the thin thing, if you're the 76ers, you have Ben Simmons and Danny Green and and Seth Curry, you could very easily put James Harden in the Ben Simmons spot, and those shooters still are as valuable, if not almost more valuable, because Harden over his career has made guys who are that good of shooters like even better shooters by putting them in great positions. So are we claiming that in a vacuum that Seth Curry is a better shooter than Joe Harris? This is a very skip Bayless conversation to have, but um, so I think statistically it would prove that Seth is so Seth Curry pr- just on just is. on percentages alone. It's I mean, uh, he's never had as high a percentage as Joe in his best year at 47, though he's had more consistent years at 45. I think they're like, I think Seth Curry is probably thought of as being a better pure shooter, like of all the kind of ways he can get off his shot. But to me, so Seth Curry's on an amazing deal. It's like $8 million a year. Joe Harris is, a, again, a better player. Like, Joe Harris doesn't really get full credit for being able to drive to the basket and score. Mm-hmm. And he's a better defender than most people want to give credit for. And he's bigger than Seth Curry by, I think, three inches. So those, four. those three a full inches. four inches. A full four? A full four, um, at least. Uh, uh, a baker's dozen of inches. The, so <laughs> How many do you think a baker's dozen is? Four, right? Yeah, that's four. That's right. Total of four? <laughs> yeah. Um, my baker ripped me off every time I went, I went to him. Uh, so anyway, so I, to get back to James Harden and the nets, I think if you want him desperately on the nets, the longer this goes on, there is a possibility that it makes it less likely, but there's also a possibility. It makes it more likely because like you, the, what you laid out nets play really well. Uh, the rockets situation combusts combustible rockets and um it makes it more and more clear that that it isn't working out with james harden in houston let's say he sits for 15 games because of a bulky knee or like some baloney injury um and he forces his way to brooklyn and you know that presents a whole bunch of other issues but Mm. you know i i I still think I still actually believe it's going to happen. I still give the Nets the best shot at getting him unless if Ben Simmons is laid out on the table, like one of those like sushi, you know, you eat sushi off of people. I guess that's something that happened in Sex in the City, right? It's it's a reality TV. Definitely on below deck. That happens. <laughs> that is on below deck. Yeah. Good call. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you all for listening. We will be back in your ears. I think Brian and I are going to probably not do another show for the rest of the week unless if James Harden <laughs> is traded. That's news to me, but okay. Jeez. <laughs> Brian and I are going to have a virtual Thanksgiving podcast where right. we drink wine and eat turkey for four hours and oh. talk about politics. Is that what people do? The, fra- the fraud. All the fraud. Thank you all for listening. We'll be in your ears as soon as possible. Bye-bye. bye-bye.